Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Mr. DJ. Happy Friday. So I think I'm sticking with the Friday release dates um, for those of you who are interested. Uh, Today we have a super fun guest. We have the Sultan of Sog, the Messiah of Moisture, Mr. Wet Hand Dan. I've known Dan for over 10 years and I had such a fun time learning more about him and all the hard work that he's put in to create his brand. Uh, He also introduced me to a new word, plamp, and you can learn it too. So please enjoy my interview with Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, hello. Hi, welcome to a Mr. DJ. How's it going? It's going pretty well today, actually. Thank you. How about yourself? Not bad for a Friday, right? Yeah, it's pretty sick outside. It's like so breezy. It's like 78 or something. I just got back. Nice. Fun. So I might be a little out of breath because I also (laughs) got back and, and I also got back and took a bong took as well. So we're like ready to go. I've been looking forward to doing this with you. Me too. I'm actually very excited to have you on just because I like just recently, you know, heard about what your, your newest endeavor basically, which involves teaching kiddos like Mm -hmm. the ropes of DJing. Um, But you know, before that, um, I mean, before we get to that, I really want to learn more about you and how you got to where you are today. So, um, you know, we'll kind of dig into that. So, um, I've actually probably known you the longest of everyone. <laughs> right. Group, just because, I mean, you went to school with my siblings, yes. but we were also next door neighbors for a short while. <laughs> so um, I feel that our dads were kind of both in similar situations and mm-hmm. that they were both raising three children on their own, basically. So can you, um, I guess, tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up? Yeah, um, yeah and look how cool we turned out. We're, <laughs> we're all fucking sick. Like, <laughs> you, you and your brother, I love. And it's just, um, yeah, so we grew up in Fountain Valley. I have two other brothers, Mo and Dar. Um, my, my mom was with us until I was about 12, so the, my brothers were a little bit younger, but my dad pretty much raised us on our, on his own in Fountain Valley. Uh, when when yeah. we were, were when we turned around, we when I was like eight, we started we fell in love with hockey and started playing hockey. It's a huge part of our family. Uh, my brothers both played in college. Um, the youngest one played uh, Dario. He played uh, some pro, and uh, they still play some pro roller hockey. And we still play together on Sundays when life was normal. Um, and things were functioning. Right. Uh, so it's always been a big part of our lives and it's something that I love. And, um, but yeah, it was, um, it, they also left really early. So, uh, they, they left in their team in like the middle of their high school years to go play back East. So it was a lot of the time it was yeah. my dad and I actually, I lived with my dad for, up, you know, up until my mid, like up until my early thirties. So I lived with my dad, it just, uh, like he's, yeah. He's an old, he's, he's about to turn 300 on May 29th. So um, he's up there. He's very old. He's like, he's like, you know, he's about to be. But he's, hey, he's pulling strong. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, it's gotten, you know, it's been kind of rough the past couple of years. His health's been deteriorating, but 
Um, Absolutely. You know, it's it's a weird time when you uh, when you step into the role of like taking care of your parents, um, and that's kind of where me and my brothers are right now. So the days that you know any free time that we have, um, I'm over there, or you know, my brother Dario and his his fiance Bree, uh, they they've been yeah. taking care of my dad and and uh, yeah, just trying to make him as comfortable as possible. He's uh, he gets yeah. grumpier with age, but you know, like you gotta take care of your parents, and um, it's been it's definitely weird just because my dad was so much older when he had us. I'm not sure how old your pops was, but by the way, your dad was probably one of the only people that my dad ever really liked. <laughs> like, I know it's so crazy. <laughs> I actually love their yeah, friendship was, and, you know, he like a, still kind of at, will ask about cool. him and like how he's doing because he knows that we're like very close mm-hmm. to you guys. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I actually like I didn't really get to live there, but I would like visit. Yeah, so I'd always see him. That was like, the first time I ever saw you. With... I was like, who's this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was already um, like you I was were, away. Yeah, you were the you were the college sister of, that was abroad. But not really abroad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So um you did talk about like you kind of being into hockey. So I actually didn't know that you played hockey mm-hmm. as well. Did you play hockey professionally as well as no, your brothers? Or so they um... left when they were so they were um I kind of, you know, like I did I knew at like probably when I was like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, um, I had been we had been playing for a while, playing really serious hockey, like um and, you know, coming out of California, that was super new in the 90s because Gretzky came to L.A. And there's this huge hockey boom. Um, and so, like, there was a lot of really good hockey coming out of California. We were, like, traveling and stomping teams all over the country and in other countries. Um, I know Mo won a tournament in Sweden. and Just California hockey in general, uh, you know, like, it was so new and it was it – was, and like uh, it was really cool to be the only person like basically in our in our for we came from playing, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I knew from an early time that I wasn't gonna take it any further than when. So you can basically play travel or club until you're 18. Um, I knew that right. I was gonna play until I was, which is called midget. That's <clears throat> that division is called midget. I knew I was gonna age out and and then not take it. So you know, not I never really took it as serious as they did. Um, I was distracted right. by other things like um, started partying and getting really into music and, and uh, yeah, I just didn't, I knew that I wasn't going to take it further, but it's something I love more. I love, right. you know, I, I love it playing almost as much as I like DJ, not as much because I love DJing, <laughs> but no, yeah, but hockey yeah. Was my first, was really my first love and uh, like yes, your first passion. Yes. So like, yeah. Do you feel that um, like, how did that, I guess, um, passion grow was that something that just kind of grew within or was so, it instilled because actually, I feel like hockey is kind of like a big part of yeah, your family it's actually a pretty cool story if you have the time um no just kidding of course <laughs> I know I was like they <laughs> asked me to talk for an hour about myself I'm like let's go you know like <laughs> so yeah let's, let's do it <laughs> um, no so it was kind of cool because in second grade and I she is your your educators that you you know you go through life and you have these different people that that are in your life for periods of time she was my second grade teacher and she mm-hmm. used to do that she her husband worked for the kings and so she also like was at the rink a lot and worked closer to the kings was a huge fan so as a math exercise she would have us take like stats and then we would add all the stats up and, and figure out how many points and like i got to pretty much learn 
learn hockey through through her and then Right. Me and my brothers really got into it. We started watching on TV. And I remember my dad, um, he he told us we were going to watch the Ducks the Ducks movie, um, which at that point I wasn't – and that, mind you, I'm like seven or eight. But I did not like the Mighty Ducks movie because we were already playing hockey. And I was like, this is super fake. It's like so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a really tough yeah. movie. Like, yeah. Not it's like not really everybody's like, oh, of... you've seen the Mighty Ducks? I'm like, that movie sucks ass, man. Don't talk to me about that. Um, but – <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm gonna. We can cuss. Right? We're on a we're on a podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be saying fucking yeah. and, and shit, and Do there's it. gonna be some curse words flying around. <laughs> so, <laughs> she had us do these exercises. My dad, um, we became fans. And then my dad, uh, he was like, "We're gonna go see the Mighty Ducks movie, but we're gonna go out to LA to this nice theater." And we're like, "What? The, like that's such a drive. It's insane." So we get in the car. I fall asleep because I always fall asleep in cars. Like, that's my thing. Like, I fall asleep. Yeah. If I'm in the passenger seat, if, if we're going to the supermarket, like Hannah, I'll, I'll fall asleep. She's yeah. driving. You and my brother. <laughs> he does the same that, thing. <laughs> so uh, I fell asleep and woke up at Great Western Forum. And we were, it was 1991, and we were going to see the Maple Leafs versus the Kings. And uh, Gretzky was on the team, Robitaille, like all my childhood heroes and uh, so after that game, it was me and Mo because Dario was still super young. So me yeah. and Mo, we immediately like fell in love and, and my dad put us in skating lessons the next day. And then from there it was, we just, it was something we did every day. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much about your dad, you know, that he kind of saw something that, um, sparked your interest, if you will. And he kind of, you know, use that as a way for you guys to feel some sort of more mm-hmm. motivation, you know, and he was so supportive. Like that's, super yeah, it's awesome. so it's, it's crazy going into your adult life and then trying to, you know, looking back on the things that your parents did for you and you're like, fuck, I would never yes. do that for that little shit like that. <laughs> but you, you think that you and won't you, yeah, and you sure. do cause you just want the best. I mean, look at you, like you and Hannah, even though they're not humans, but you guys do so <laughs> much for your say. dogs. So, and those yeah. are dogs, you know? Yeah. So imagine what you would do for your children. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes it like, you know, you having to take care of your dad right now when he's like, you know, his health is not so great. It's not even like a burden because you're like, they took care of me like my entire life, this is the least I can do, you yeah. know? And I think that, um, like, I don't know, I just really admire like your dad and also my dad, because it's very hard to raise three children kind of on your own without like some sort of female figure mm-hmm. there to kind of help mm-hmm. you or just any other, you know, a, a, someone else supporting them basically. Um, so I think, you know, that's just I admire both of them um, so yeah. much. And like it's yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, for me, I you know, even for me, because my mom was around for twelve years for me. But you know, like with my brothers being younger, and I was still really young. I did, you know, I like I didn't even realize how much, how traumatic that was um, until you get, you start like you get older and you start thinking you start really like kind of especially during this quarantine time, we've really yeah. been like look taking the time to kind of really get to know yourself and to like live in the things that you've been through and, and see what, you know, and, and grow like spiritually and um, just, just to grow like more self-aware of who you are and where, where you came from. 
so yeah, I do I like there is a lot of uh, actually to be, you know, totally transparent. There's a lot of unhealed trauma from my mom leaving stuff for me. And I, I have, you know, I'm not sure what my brother's, but I'm, it's for all of us, even my dad. But, you know, he yeah, really, absolutely. he really did his best. You know, he really did his best. Um, and yeah, he's, he stepped up yeah, to the plate. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And he had a lot yeah. of, he did have some help though. You know, like um, it takes a village and there was a lot of ho- great, the hockey community is just so, it's just so different. That's why I think it's, be, it's such, when anybody really plays and you play for a long time, um, the community is just so like tight knit. And my, you know, so yeah. if I was practicing and I was playing for a team in, in um, Anaheim, Mo is playing for a team in Riverside and Dar is playing for a team in Westminster. And, you know, to do all that for one, one human is like pretty much impossible, but he would, you know, coordinate with parents. And we, we had like lifelong friends that, you know, we'd stay over at houses for tournaments and then he would come and, but he would show up to all, to everything he could. It was unreal. And uh, right. yeah, we, you know, and now he's kind of paying for it because he doesn't have, you know, a social life or, it's it's been us his whole life so it's yeah it's tough yeah. to see but it's, it's also it's I mean, it's very much appreciated but you also you know like, yeah i do um there's got to be a balance for sure and that's one thing that i, I think agree. he missed out on but that's why we're yeah. there all the time you know there's no to right. try to make it the best so yeah do you feel um that you were all at like at a disadvantage because you didn't grow up with a female perspective, just some, like, I guess someone to provide that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was like still a trauma. Yeah. And so do you feel like that was, do you feel disadvantaged so at I, all? I didn't, I don't, I, I didn't at the time, uh, like, you know, growing up, I didn't. Growing but up. Looking back there. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, especially I've gotten so close to Hannah's mom and, there's been like really strong women in my life though. My, my dad's sisters, if it wasn't for my dad's mm-hmm. sisters, I'd probably feel a little bit more, but my aunts are like these really powerful women. They're super intellectual. Right. My aunt is like a chiropractor. She's also, she's also like, she's a nutritionist and all this. And she's my, da- she's a little bit, um, she's my dad's age and she's always, yeah. she's even looked out for my mom our whole lives. Like she's always been around and like making sure that we had the things we needed. If we, you know, um, and you know helping out and and then also just we would do trips with them and my other aunt martha and and her kids and and like but those but they're all they were all very strong strong woman role models and um yeah i'm so thankful for them too and we've reconnected as yeah. you know it's funny because you, you kind of caught me at a good time because it's just been going through so so many different like emotions and different aspects of like figuring things out that happened in my childhood. So I've been reconnected with my aunts right. and, and making sure that everyone is good during this time and just like kind of getting to, yeah, just again, tr- trying to dig deeper at where like we come from and. Right. And, and like finding maybe are. like the root. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. Finding the root, um, like, the cause basically of why we behave um, in certain ways. And I was, you know, lucky, just like you, I guess, lucky in some way that um, when my mom passed away, I was 16. So I, I got to have her, you know, for a pretty long time as well. And um, there's for sure trauma. And I think that um, that 
like you said, you don't find out later until you start to learn more about yourself that you're like, oh, this is the reason why I, you know, behave this This is why I stayed Uh, up till 6 a.m. for like years, just (laughs) raging my dick off. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes. Like self-medicating. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like, um, it's just... It's it's just goes back to like every you know they all did the best they could and luckily um, I mean it just speaks of your your family is like so rad I like you you and your brother are so I I mean I'm closer to you and Sal than than, than Sonia I think Sonia's closer to my um, to Mo, um, to Mo but yeah. I just you know like we've been people would say we've been partying for years but we've been experiencing music for years for years at like a level because because of where we live like at a level that. I'm so thankful for like the, you remember like the days, like when we were there five nights a week at observatory. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. We literally were there like, yeah, mostly Those every day. Yeah, this for just, sure. You know, and, and I mean, that is actually, well, so we, when we started going out or, you know, just like as friends, I feel like that whole group, um, you weren't a DJ yet. Uh, that was when we were going, remember, to Avalon yes. and Detroit. So that was when, like, I feel like that whole group kind of oh, yeah. started. Like, That's... where we started, like, that little community of all of us kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, hanging out. Just club kids. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And at that time, you actually, um, like I said, we're not a DJ yet. Mm-hmm. So what was it that did like influenced you to kind of go in that um, career path, I guess. So, um, so it all kind of, this is all going to tie into like what we experienced at the observatory all those years. Um, so I started, so my, uh, I went to high school with Michael and Howie Marchbanks. They, um, they were part, they were like 21 and uh, they were like partying in Costa Mesa right off the bat. I remember mm-hmm. uh, on, it was a, um, Blackout Wednesdays. Was it Blackout Wednesdays? No, that's Blackout Fridays. That proved. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or was it Money Wednesdays or whatever? Money like Wednesdays. Money Wednesdays. Yeah. So like it's three dollar or it's free paps from like till ten p.m. Till 10 I think or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, the five dollar high life uh, brown bags, and that was where I fell in love with electronic music because yeah. I that's when I saw it and it was so fucking raw in there and it was sweaty and it was just fucking like madness. There's people everywhere. And there's free paps flying all over the place and brown bags and like people. It was just the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like dudes with tight pants on and fucking like yes. everybody's like in black and just and everybody had so much style and and it was just this really cool raw time. Um, like and the Avalon, and this is Avalon for your listeners. This is Avalon Costa Mesa. Um, yes, <laughs> right across the street from Detroit Bar, and I know a lot of people are more familiar with Detroit Bar. Um, but that's where I started. Like that's where I fell in love with drinking and and and, and partying. partying and dancing and like just dancing. I remember like never really liked dancing before, but I love you know because you know, growing like when I started DJing is because um, it was a long time ago. So I was probably like eighteen. I was we we're just fresh out of high school. I just started hanging out with uh, Tommy Chusapong and the Edifying Beats crew who used to do a bunch of like underground hip hop shows and I would carry crates for them back in the day before Serato. We carry records crates. So like we had two backpacks, two crates, we had to bring a fucking table 
the two technique turntables, your mixer, your speaker. Like, it was a fucking production. A mission. There's, it was a mission. <laughs> I show up to my shows now with a USB and, a, and my headphones, and that's it. Yeah. If yeah. I need to show up with anything else, I'm going to throw a fucking shit fit and I'm going to be like, no, dude, we're playing CDJs here nowadays because I'm not <laughs> yeah. carrying that shit anymore. So, yeah, that was, and that's how I got introduced to it. So, going to hip hop shows, there's all this like ego and like, it's just, you know, it's a lot of dudes. <laughs> it's just, and it's, like, the artist is amazing. So, like, yeah. we're talking like Jedi Mind Tricks back in the day, like Planet Asia, and going to these fucking scary ass shows sometimes. And, but as soon as they're on, like, it's all about the music and there, there's that energy. But with right. dance music and electronic music, it's like this fucking vibe that I've been so addicted to for the past 15, 16 years. Um, and why it's why I DJ. Because there's no, it's just like in Costa Mesa, I feel like especially Costa Mesa is surrounded by all these beach cities like Huntington and Newport that are just full of fucking like bros and people wanting to fight and all this shit, you know, in your twenties. Right. Yeah. So Costa Mesa right. to me was like, nobody gives a fuck. Like everybody's trying to either hook up or like have a good time and dance and not worry yeah. about like, you know, there were fights, but it wasn't like the norm. And I really love that. And that was, that's something I think that is so that's that separates electronic music from everything else is that the every, it's so unifying. It's, it's a community. It's a human. It's like, Oh, I like, I have chills right now because I love, I just love this yeah, shit so much. No. <clears throat> so, for sure. Yeah, that energy so it is actually, You actually infectious. started before that then because you said yeah, you started, so, um, I guess, yeah. a DJing like when you were 18. Yeah, yeah. So I was always, I would always just DJ at people's houses if they had turntables I'd jump on. Um, oh, okay. And then, and then um, Huey, who was a bar manager at Detroit Bar, when so we would basically jump back and forth. If you, remember, you know, like Detroit Bar Avalon is fucking beautiful. Right. It's just like, like it's what the a best. time! Best summer of my life. <laughs> the best. It was literally the best. Like I always talk about that summer, oh, so good. and I can't remember with who I talked about it, but I remember that it'd be like a no miss Wednesday. Yeah. Like what if you miss? That was like the <sighs> beginning of FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> because if you missed it. It was like, oh, like you missed, like, you know, what? this happening. Yeah, it was just, it. yeah. And those nights are crazy. No you know, like that's, you know, watching Brandon Rolera and Tony and T-Long do his thing and and Nikki Savage and uh, like fucking Jose, uh, Jose. What's Jose? What was Jose's name? Uh, DJ name? Legit. Legit. Legit and yeah. like those boys and everyone that was like in there at that time. Because I remember like, you know, Steve Aoki was coming through there like doing sets. Uh, Dirt Nasty did like some fucking pop-up crazy like surprise thing uh there are some crazy times in there and then yeah um so i and you know i have always been someone that i i really loved like rounding people up and like yeah we're all gonna hit this place and this and that so when i started walking to detroit bar with like 23 people Huey, who's a bar manager there, I started becoming close to the bartenders and the bar manager. And Huey grabbed me. He's like, dude, you know you can make money doing this shit, right? Like, you can bring people and we'll pay you per head. I'm like, what? That's a job? Like, what the fuck? So (laughs) I started promoting. And I, like, um, one of my first promotion gigs was working with, uh, partnering up with uh, Night Hype and Vince. um, Oh, my God. Oh, I remember that. Vincent Doe. Um, who's such mm-hmm. a great guy like um i learned so fucking much from him um him and yeah yeah uh and we had a really uh, successful friday night at detroit bar uh, we had a record night there with diplo 
um, right after he did like a Blackberry commercial. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was the sweaty. I, we went through like 30 towels that night. It was the sweatiest fucking <laughs> Detroit bar night in my life. And uh, yeah, Huey and I talk about that. But I owe so much of my DJ career to Huey because he got me, you know, he he basically like monetized the whole night life for me right like he was like you can get paid right. doing this and then i went and started right. promoting a detroit bar and then i you know i was bringing a lot of people out i was really killing it at the promotion game it was a lot of fun for me um and i, I ended up getting kind of picked up by sutra um which you know the young naive um dan torres I went in there like I was like, "Yo, can I like? Can you guys set me up with a desk? I just want to fucking <laughs> like, dude, slow down. You're a fucking like sub promoter. Like you're not even." So I learned a lot from Sutra because that was like where I learned the fucking hustle of this of this industry because it's not it's not always friendly. It's not it's not always yeah. like just good times and um, especially if you want to be taken seriously and be respected, you have to yeah. like you have to have tough skin. You have to like you literally learn how to chase down your money. It's insane. So like right. working at Sutra, you know, um, and I was, I watched so many promoters just go in and out of there. Um, I was there for, for I think at least like three years. Um, my memory is garbage. So you'll, if you're, you'll excuse me if, um, I'm not getting yeah. like these dates accurate, but, the timeline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're cruising through the timeline. So, um, yeah, I learned a lot from Sutra learned how to like, you know, uh, if, you, if I showed up with, if I had 40 people through, I was right there, like, watching people count what I did, you know, because there's a lot of shady shit. People also try to steal your your clients and... Take advantage. Yeah, you yeah. know, I learned how to play the game because I also, you know, you gotta, there's a finesse thing where you gotta, like, you still, you gotta be friendly, stand your ground, mm-hmm. be friendly, don't give them a reason not to pay you. You know, do your job, make sure people come through, have a good time, make the place look great, and there's no, you know, there's no denying that... Um, you know, that you get your money and then you also get the respect from those guys. You know, they, I, I owe a lot to, to like Gene and, and Dave Doyle and, and all the, and uh, Obed Fernandez, one of my favorite fucking humans on the planet. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot from them. They were like tough on everyone, you know, and a lot of people yeah. fell off, but I st- I stayed, I stayed as long as I could. And, you know, I, um, and I was, I was good at it. Like, <clears throat> um, so I always, so when I was at Sutra, um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, we were also like partying at Proof a lot. Um, Koi was around. Uh, Koi really actually kind of reignited my DJ passion because we were like after partying and I would get on and he's like, dude, you kind of got a hang of this. And so I could teach you a little bit more. And so he ended up, I think he ended up gifting me these like new mark tables that were like, they weren't very good, but they were tables and they worked. And, right. um, and so I, you know, and then I was, we were raving a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really started, like, getting into the culture. It was, like, so, and I started really, like, paying attention to how DJs play. And and um, we were, like, I went to, like, my first EDC in, like, 2009, 2008. I don't remember. Um, like, really felt like, I, and that's where I fell in love with electronic music completely because, that's where you were like, it was like that, like tens of thousands of people bump, everybody jumped to the same fucking beat and just mm-hmm. having the, like literally having the most amazing, creating the most amazing memories of your life. If you can yeah. remember, if you're really not rolling so hard, you can remember most of it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but that is so powerful. And um, I recognize, started recognizing that with DJs at Sutra 
and these guys opening i'm like this is fucking garbage this guy sucks like what the fuck is this guy doing up here yeah. like there's people here yeah. and they're dancing but this is garbage like this sucks i can totally do this better um right and so i started um I actually started managing a DJ act at that time called join the party. And they were playing at Yoast pretty heavy doing big shows with like, um, uh, I forget, uh, Will Sparks. And like, it was like when like, that was like big EDM, big room stuff. So okay. I was managing them and, um, my buddy and one of the guys in there, his name is Bodie, Brandon Bodie. Um, he taught me how to play on CDJs, CDJs. And I also started kind of working with Toro because Toro was um, who I actually, I actually listened to a few of your episodes, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, good. I'm super rad. Yeah, Thanks. super good. Um, Toro, who I love, is a brother. Um, he start, you know, he started his night at Kitsch and um, and then uh, at the same time, like I was we were going to festivals and I was uh, starting to learn how to see uh use cdjs so we were doing like we would do rogue parties at all these festivals and we would fucking have the place like 200 kids way past the curfew we're like camp is just raging and we were djing i was djing like travmo um vanessa was djing with us like we were all kind of like getting we were starting to hit our stride all around the same time and Toro actually booked me f- at Kitsch for the, I was like, I'm ready to play out. Like I want to play for people. Like I'm, I'm good at this. I know I can do this. Um, right. And so he put me on his dive night. Um, and the first flyer is like Dan, first couple of flyers is Dan Torres, you know, like everybody, you know, people knew me by Dan Torres. So I was like, Let's just do right. that. And um, <clears throat> so I was getting my feet wet doing that. No pun intended, but um <laughs> so i my next yeah, question yeah, right? <laughs> so uh yeah that all that like all of that happening all around the same time i just really dove into it and one of the things for me that i not a lot of people know i don't talk about it too often and um but it's something i'm pretty proud of is i've never really owned my own piece of equipment um ever like uh most oh, of my dj career up until maybe yeah. until i started teaching I yeah, I just practiced as much as I could on people's um, systems, and I would, yeah. and any, and then I, you know, when I started playing shows, um, then I would use that as practice, and that that's gotten me this far. And now I, you know, now I have like some equipment here thanks to the school, and and uh, <laughs> so I've been like DJing every that's fucking insane. day. Yeah, it's crazy. So you've never really no. owned your own equipment. No, and so you do you just like kind of like go to people's houses and borrow their stuff, or how, I would, how yeah, do you go I and practice I would, for that? Like Bodie was really kind um, at the time to let me come over. I was going over there like a couple times a week, just practicing with mm-hmm. him on CDJs, and then um, you know I'd work with different DJs. JP, you know, always, they always have JP always has a setup at his house. Um, yeah, of uh, Tommy who taught all of us he did, uh, taught jp crass like everyone from like <clears throat> like los amigos high school right yeah tommy was responsible for teaching all those guys so um i i worked with him on different techniques and stuff here and there uh, back in the day uh, but yeah it was right. just a lot of like taking advantage of every chance i could to dj and to like practice and and then you know that's that's why i feel like my you know i have this I've developed this really organic flow in my sets, no matter like what genre it is, just because it's always off the whim. It's never, I, I right. it's never like, it's never like set a set list. Robotic thing, you know? yeah. So 
um, yeah, that, so, and it's funny going back to like Toro with dive club and the, the, where wet hand band came from, um, <laughs> Toro came up with wet hand band. So, uh, oh, yeah, did he? He did. yeah. How, how did he come? So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we're at, so, di- yeah, I guess go into yeah, that. So, uh, so, and, and it took a few instances, this like story, because people ask me and I give them the short story because I just don't really like feel like getting into it. But that's why right. we're here on Miss Hey Mr. DJ. So yeah, yeah. for sure. It's for you to right. tell us the long story. <laughs> so Toro <laughs> so funny. Such an idiot. Um so we <clears throat> let's see, the first time we were in Palm Springs and we were like I forget. I don't even remember who was playing, but it was not. It was before Splash House, but I think we were at the Ace Hotel, and it was like this cool event. And we were in the front, and I was just really. We were pretty hammered, but we were in the front, like, um, fl- like putting our hands. Let's say if you if you put your hand like an Egyptian, if you're gonna walk like an Egyptian, so you have your wrist, mm-hmm. your hand flat. We started like, and let's say you're like drying your hands off, so we we're like putting right. wet, our wet hands up in the front, and we were just doing that yeah. the entire night. So, so then that was one that like kind of started it. And then we were getting ready to go to the fair. We were actually at Vanessa's place because Vanessa lived, um, she lived really close to the fair. We was like walking distance. So Toro met us at her her place and, uh, I was watching, we were like pre-gaming and then we're getting ready to leave and everybody's like walking out. And I like, I was washing my hands and there was no paper towel. I was like, I was like doing the hand thing to them. And like I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, wet hand in, like, <laughs> stop with all the like, stop with the wetness. And then we started making jokes about like, you know, wet hand dance been to a party when all the dudes' butts are wet. Um, <laughs> like we just kind of went and started like stacking it. Went with it. And so, so that like a week goes by, and Toro, um, at di- so I think it was during Fuck Yeah Fest, he okay. came out with this. So it was his dive club, but he did like a special. I think he kind of stacked the DJs that night. Um, but he called it fuck no fest and it's the greatest flyer in history. Uh, yeah. I don't, he has to dig it up somewhere. I hope he listens to this and he can find it for me. Cause the fuck for no sure. fest was like the funny, it had like, there's going to be, yeah. there's going to be like <laughs> hipsters and, um, and then, uh, had like Toros bros and then he put, and then he put wet hand Dan on the flyer and I fucking lost it. I was like, this is the, I was like, that is fucking hilarious. Cause it was an inside joke to us at that time. So, right. um, <laughs> that's I was like so dying funny. laughing. Oh I was like, God. you know, that looks fucking good on the flyer. It's just a well-balanced, like, yeah. And, um, yeah. So it just so happens I have the sweatiest hands on the planet. So when I'm DJing, people come up and like, yo, man, great set, great set. And like, oh, shit, you really are wet hand down. I'm like, yeah, man, it's real life. Like, this shit's <laughs> real. Clammy. Yeah. So it's just, it's, um, it's evolved into like the brand that you see now, like where it's, I, I love to, I, you know, there's the water puns for days. Um, I, you know, like, uh, I forgot, to, uh, for the intro, you can use my, I have different aliases. I have the Prince of Perspiration, the Messiah of Moisture. <laughs> And the Sultan, the Sultan of Sog. The Sultan of so, <laughs> so like that's yeah. hysterical. So yeah, cool. uh, but I will for sure. That's where Wet Hand Dan comes from, and it's oh okay. Yeah. So something that um, Toro came up with. That's cool. Um, so sorry, I made it pipe. You... Okay. Oh no, you're good. Um, sorry, Fudge. So, so do you feel that when you entered the industry, it was? pretty saturated with too much competition 
Uh, I think so. When I went, it's interesting because when I got into DJing, like, so I came from a promoter's perspective. So I already had right. an advantage over the. Uh, to be totally real, you know, like, and that's kind of why I'm really happy you're doing this podcast. Is part of my teaching too is like I try to like with my adult students that are do right. want to get into this. It's a grind. I've been working ten fucking years to to be able to do this full time now. Like I don't, you know, like this is there's no plan B. Like I'm going to be a dj for the rest of my life like that yeah um so when when i got into it like the part of the business is like you you got to bring people like it sucks i hate and i hate that part of the business but until you get to a point where your name is enough which in some cases i've kind of am there but in the most cases i'm not you know like um but that's something i'm striving for but you have to bring people like that's just the business right Right. So, yeah. Um, I had that advantage where I was already promoting, and I, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm DJing tonight. They're like, what the fuck? You're fucking damn DJing. So, every, you know, like, my love, my, my, I owe so much to my friends, and I have, I cherish and so grateful for the relationships that we've built straight up from just fucking music, like going to music and partying, and and for we probably didn't even know, <clears throat> we still don't know a whole lot about each other. Um, but in the very beginning, nobody knew what each other did. That wasn't important to us. Like what was important right. is that you came here to fucking have a good time and be and spread love and and dance and connect. And what we did as in our normal lives didn't matter because everybody was vibing off what you were putting out in that moment. And that was that's something that I feel a lot of people don't really understand because everybody, you know, a lot of people start their hey so what do you do and i'm like dude i'm like i fucking i'm a dj i gotta go uh like not something but like i just don't that's not how i that's not the connection i'm here for i'm not trying to figure right i don't care how much you make i don't that's not you know that's not why we came out to decompress i feel like that's why we went out with because we're not we're not like yeah focused on what you do how much money you make it's more like we're just here to kind of enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And that's what's cool yeah. now because now, you know, now we've taken the time to know, to get to know each other and build real friendships are, you know, these people that we were <laughs> fucking shoving things up our nose and, and like going crazy on these fields. <laughs> and like they have kids, yeah. they have kids now and they're, and like, I love their kids and it's just, it's, it's fucking cool. I, I feel it's a trip. It's such a trip. Together, yes, basically. it's such a trip growing up together, and like, and then you know, staying connected to people that really matter to you, and and yeah. you know, not waste. You know, we're, there's so much. There's only so much time on this earth, and it's kind of cool that we all found each other when we did, and the people that that you still love to to stay in touch with, they'll always. You know, life is life's super short, and shit always changes. So we always try to like. We always try to connect, and that's I think that's been a really hard part about this quarantine is just not being able to to literally I, I'm such an extrovert like I need people <laughs> like yeah you know, I'm, I'm the same yeah and, this is yeah this has been very tough for yeah. sure but you know like I think that um, even though we are not together it's so crazy how we still find a way to stay connected oh, yeah. even though we're not you know physically together could, could you imagine um, if we were if we if we if this shit happened like during 56k like a, i don't oh. have enough aol cds to fucking zoom everybody <laughs> fucking 56k yeah. this no. but um yeah we it, you know it, it is unfortunate but it, like you said connecting uh the zoom calls like 
yeah, the Zoom calls and the FaceTimes and the, and the different ways we've been able to connect, like connecting through Twitch um, and and other like outlets, um, yeah. kind of show. And you know, even like this podcast, like I think, you know, I think it's rad because it, if we can, you know, the, we're 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 talking about music and DJing, but we're really kind of talking about like life shit. So. Yeah. And I think there was a time when social media first came out and people were like putting their, their laundry out and like, you know, people get emotional. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Is she okay? Like, that's so embarrassing. But now, like <laughs> now people are vulnerable and, and I think it's powerful because it's helped me. It There's, if you follow the right, and I learned this from Hannah because she's a fucking wizard queen of social media. But she is. if you follow positive things and you look, you search for positive, positive um, inspiration it's like this that's where social media's power really lies in and you know you do have to shuffle through all this bullshit but at the heart of it like people just want to be connected and that's and that's been so powerful over this time um, especially just because we can't physically be together so it's been very it's yeah. pretty trippy um, so you know you did say that you did have an advantage over, I guess, the other DJs that were kind of playing around the same time because you did have that promoting aspect. Um, So I'm wondering, did you ever feel discouraged despite having your promoter background? Oh, and then another thing about that time when I started, like DJs at that time were really, American DJs were like kind of stepping on each other. Um, There wasn't a lot of camaraderie, like, People used did like if you had some you didn't want anyone to know like what your tracks were and like your tracks were your tracks and it was just such fucking Very garbage, right? Yeah. Um, and that started to I really worked hard to change like to myself to change that. I wanted like I'll give you my whole fucking set list or like if you ask me I don't like to like really do track lists, but if you right. you I'll give you all my music, but you will never play it the same way I do. So like that's where that's what like separates that's why I don't care about that. Like there's it's people are scared to help other people because they don't, because it's competition, right? At the end of the day, it is competition. People are scared to help each other. But in this music, like the most beautiful thing about like house music and house music artists is that it's so collaborative and everyone wants everyone to succeed. As long as you're a good person, if you're a dick, like fuck off. Like if you're a dick, (laughs) uh, all pay attention. All of you dicks. If you're a dick, don't be a producer or work in this industry because this industry is for like fucking it, it's like really you meet some really great people that just want you to succeed and you like learn you know be, you learn to trust people and you learn to distrust certain people and um you know like i the i think the thing that's helped me get as far as i have with djing is that i've always treated everyone the same like no matter who you are if you're if you're sneaking in or if you're fucking, if you're the bar manager or whoever you are, like if you treat everybody kindly and with respect, yeah. like it goes such a long way. And, and it's cool because I don't always remember everyone I meet. Like it's like, it's just really overwhelming and possible, but I remember faces and people. I love that people um, are comfortable enough to, you know, not saying like I'm some fucking huge DJ, but I like that people approach me and tell me like when I've, done like when something that I had done as silly as DJing to like make their life better. And that's like insanely humbling. 
Yeah. I oh, so like I also um, you know I've been fortunate enough to lock, to hold down a residency at Mesa for almost four years on a Thursday night that started off pretty soft and you know um, bless Thomas PM um, our buddy who passed last summer um, he was in there wow. he was had been in there for years and Brandon Rolera was in there and Brandon Rolera has been a huge huge influence on my DJing. Every like the everything he's my favorite DJ on the planet, like hands down. He's <laughs> yeah. so fucking so, so fucking talented and such a little awesome human that like he's just so he's like he's like this little body with this huge energy. So like his presence when he DJs is so powerful, and I've always like admired everything he's ever done behind the tables. And he brought me into Mesa. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get pissed I tell this, but he brought me into Mesa. <laughs> I had, I really started developing because I was doing, since my roots are in hip hop and DJing hip hop, right. it was easy for me to pick up house music. House music is the easiest shit to DJ on the planet. Sorry, folks. Like that shit is so easy. It's so fun. Um, it's just yeah. about doing it well. Right. So, right. Um, so I was doing both at Mesa there. So, um, and then it's like, I think Tor mentioned, like he really started getting like hip hop only. Um, but Brandon, uh, yeah, Brandon had brought me in. He kind of like, he would like disappear for a little bit and I would end up DJing for yeah. like, three hours. So I really got a lot of practice. <laughs> That's why I like never, I got so much practice in Mesa. And yeah. then, you know, he, um, he ended up leaving. Um, and then uh, I had also started working with MDA. Um, Toro had brought me in with them, uh, you know, because Brandon, I think Brandon's vision was like to just get the whole like, get everybody in Costa Mesa together to like make every, like each of the MD nights as, as successful as possible. And we did so many cool things. Like I opened up for Gaslamp Killer, like um, Z Trip, yeah. um, Melody, like real like fucking turntablist, which is insane. And then just so many like rad names that came through um, all the, all the right. names that MDA put, uh, you know, that modern discos, um, still they still continue to like do rad shows on the Wednesdays like we're so they've been killing it for like 13 years and you know um, in all transparency like I had a great relationship with them we we worked together did a lot of really cool things and um, you know like in this business you you like you take risks and you make decisions and choices and sometimes like you end up uh, like burning friendships or people get hurt and stuff um Right. But the, you know, the beauty of, of goes back to like treating everybody with kindness. Like we were, you know, time heals all. And we were, I was able to like kind of mend my relationship with them. And I've always respected what Brendan does over there. And um, I've been lucky enough to kind of work with them again, uh, right before all this was going down. I actually had a great show lined up with Tube and Burger who like never played in the U.S. I was so insanely pumped for that, but it'll happen yeah. down the road. But MDA has been so right. influential to this area. Um, I agree. And yes. that just goes back to like helping each other. I still like have so much love for them because Eli's there, uh, Magda, they've been fucking killing it. They're such great people. I would, you know, I would do anything for Eli. Um, he and what they do and just what they've been able to do over there. And there's all new faces now. Like, you know, we've aged out of that place. I went to like, right. I'm, playing, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm here for your set and I got to get out of here. Cause this is a lot of kids. So, but it's cool because it's just, it's good to see 
new energy in there and new faces and like there's hope for OC um OC electronic music and also you know like Focus has such a huge part of that too where they had this, yeah. this Tuesday Wednesday like one two punch that lasts over 10 years and there's not a lot of parties that can say they've been around that long um and it just holds true to like there's a scene here you know um but unfortunately what's happened is we've done we've just gone all in before you know with the different summer homes and uh you know when when, uh when future future and savage tribe were doing their thing at mesa uh booking like nick fanchuli which was amazing and we they we had moon boots which is that was like my favorite one of my favorite mesa memories so far yeah to pete pete you're a fucking wizard (laughs) i can't anyways and his brother have you ever met his brother no, but I hear he's, yeah, he's from Newport. Yeah, he's from Newport. He actually he's said very, that. Um, he's a super nice yeah. guy. Very cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just the 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 amount, like I in my bio, my artist bio, I have a list of just people that I've been able to play with, and it's just it, it's because of this community here, and that's why it's so important for me to like quote unquote make it or like break through. I you know like to I want my I want to make it from I don't want to move to LA to have to like sell records like I want just to be an OC native stay here and make these records right. and put out good music and um and take over the world but I don't want to like <laughs> have to go I don't yeah I don't want to have to move to LA I just like I've I love yeah. like Costa Mesa's home I've I've even before I, I lived here it's even when we were I didn't even know this but subconsciously like check out check out what the universe did here. They when we were kids, we grew we started playing hockey in Costa Mesa. There used to be a rink on Harbor and Adams. Like oh. so we were on the Costa Mesa Cardinals and the and uh fast forward later, like it'd be where I fell in love with the electronic music, where I fell in love with all my friends, where I found Hannah, like where I live now. I have this rat apartment with my two little dogs and in our home here it's like and i am like doing music for a living it's it's unreal it like i'm blown away and it's all because of like people helping each other and pushing if and so that's another thing for me like if i don't be the best that i can at this i'm gonna let yeah you like anybody that's ever come out to any of my shows down and like it's ultimately for me like i don't want to not let myself down but at the same time, right. like I do carry that. Like if you ever come out to support any of my shows and like reply to any of my annoying text messages over the past ten years, like thank you so much because I'm making I'm I'm like playing music for a living. It's fucking crazy. Right. And it's like you're it's almost like you are bringing joy to those people. And I think that's why I feel like it's almost like you feel responsible if they don't have a good time, which is why you're saying, you know, you yeah. want to, but you know, that's obviously never the case. Cause we always, otherwise people, right. Keep right. And out, you forget, you, know? you, you so, kind of forget that, you, you know, like you've mentioned in your past episodes, like you, we are as artists, you are. And like to even call myself an artist took me a long time, but I'm very comfortable with that now. But in the beginning, I'm like, I'm not an artist. Yeah. I just fucking press buttons and spin records, man. Like what the fuck? But it is art and you know and like it's art that i'd really respect and like i do and you know now that i've been learning to produce i i you know like if you want to be if i wanted to be a producer i have to the first person to call you a producer has to be yourself so i am a dj producer um like that's what i do for a living it's fucking crazy like it, i can't believe that yeah 
Um, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I know, I know. Like, like, Honestly, like I said, it's like, it's so crazy that um, we've just, I feel like we've been partying for so long. And so for me to see you guys, I'm just kind of like blown away. You know, it's like when you opened for Duke Dumont, that's that when I was like, holy crap, he's opening for Duke <laughs> Dumont. Like, when did this happen? Yeah. You know, and I was just like, I, kind of so, like I said, so impressed. I, so impressed so by like your achievements. Thank you. Thank you. That's like really, it's just crazy to even look back on. I remember getting that call from Brendan. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I even fucking jumped up on my bed. Like, no joke. It's like a 20, uh, I don't know. Wait, was I? I was probably 30. I don't know. I was in my 30s already, probably. Jumping on his yeah. fucking bed because, like, do you want to open for Duke Dumont tonight? Play direct support for Duke Dumont? I'm like, hold on. Uh, uh, hold on, real quick. Let me go throw <laughs> up and just fucking. <laughs> slap my wet hands around in the air uh that was insane and like that was cool and you know like uh i i actually got to play vanessa's one of vanessa's first tracks ever i played daddy like that night um and that was you know like that just all this shit just goes full circle like you know it's still rad to see her blowing up like completely taking over the scene um you know and then to like you know that was uh, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna take this credit now today. I am the I'm the first okay. DJ to play her <laughs> to play her, her records <laughs> out for over a thousand people. So, uh, but that was like life. That was a life changing night, you know. And that's something that yeah. I chase. I chase every day is that feeling. Yeah. That feeling. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah, like it. No. Like, um, and that I. It goes back to and it goes back to like Huey and. Um, and you know, like, and then once I played there, I knew that once I played there, like that I would get booked more often because that's, for me, I have this mentality of like, if you just put me up there once, like I will fucking murder this shit and do it. And like, and then you won't forget me like that's, and I, it's, it took me a long time to like get comfortable with talking like that. But when you, when you like try to be intentional about your life and about what you really, really want and then you have to say those, you have to like tell yourself those things because that's like, so you yeah, can you manifest, manifest it. it. And you also like, you're telling yeah. your ego that, you know, you are like worth the effort you're worth, like you have, you're, you're capable of everything that you ever want. And it's like, it's cliche, right. but it's so fucking true. Like there's nothing more true. And it's it's so only true. up to you. And I've struggled yeah. for years with, if we want to talk about like struggle and, and discouragement, like I struggle with that shit every day. Like, the fact that I yeah. am not, so I, I feel like I've taken DJing almost as far as I can take it of just being a DJ and not being like a super turntablist, which I have taken this quarantine right. time though to work on my scratching and different elements. I'm DJing every fucking day, so everybody look the fuck out because when I get back into this shit, like you're gonna be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, when did he learn that? But yeah. you know, that's if you don't do that, you're just gonna get left behind, and that's something I don't like. I'm not. I don't ever want, that's not going to happen. You know, like I have to show up for myself every day, but it's discouraging. Like, especially Instagram these days, like, yeah. you know, like I love the best is one of my best friends. I love her to death. She's like a, like a sister to me, really annoying sister, but <laughs> you know, and she, when she was, when she started to, to take off, it was like hard for me. Cause I was, you want to be there. You know, but you also look right. back, like she she worked every day to was you know just by herself fucking trying to make music and she and you know for me like most things in my life I've picked up pretty easy 
and like I'd be good at. And producing music right. is something that <laughs> I'm not good at. <laughs> and it's something that I've learned. Just yeah, doesn't, doesn't come, come naturally, natural, right? I and guess. It's, you know. Right. And, but fine. I'm finally, like this quarantine, I'm almost scared to be out of lockdown because I've, it's just been such a powerful time for me, like to really like be, Hey, like, this is what you want to do. And this, so you have to like pick, pick at it every day and be, and you have to, I'm going to suck at it. I like, I, I'm going to go yeah. on record and say, I'm probably going to suck at it for the next year. Like I'm not mad at that though. And I'm going to be 36 right. here. And, um, I, you know, like, I don't care if, if, like, if, if I don't get to go on my first tour and I'm 50 years old, but at least I like got it done, you know, I just want to be able to put out music that I'm proud of. And that's why I don't have anything out there. Um, I do have like, so like multiple projects I've been working on then some, just some, you know, like I made a mistake early where, um, when I first started learning produce, I did like this, like Migos remix that sounded kind of cool, but it was awful. And I sent it to like legit DJs and I was like, and I haven't really heard back since. They used to send me records and shit. And I don't really get those promos anymore because <laughs> they were probably like, what the fuck is this? You know, and that's something I struggled with for a long time. Yeah. I, you have to like really live with the fact that you, I'm like every day I tell them like, I'm not good at this yet. Right. I have to sit down and be like, I'm not good at this, but I'm going to like, work at it every single day and chip at it. And um, I've been like making some strides in that. And I'm super, I'm super yeah. pumped for people to hear like what I'm super pumped to hear what I even come up with. Cause I have no idea who I am as a producer yet. You know, like I know. Right. You're still yeah. like figuring yeah. that out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, something that you said a little um, back, um, you said that you're not good at this oh, yet. Yeah. And that's the powerful yes. word is yes. yet and I think that you know there's this um one quote that I really love and it's so simple it's um learn to fail or fail yes. to learn oh and my you God, know yes. with success like doesn't come without Absolutely. failure you know there's gotta be otherwise how are you going to master or like create something without making little mistakes here and there so I don't feel that you know um that you should ever feel discouraged um or you know like that you think that you suck I think that you yeah, kind of have absolutely. to suck I mean me doing this podcast I'm actually mm -hmm. learning myself I knew like from the get-go like maybe this is not gonna work and I catch myself with like mistakes that I make, you know, and with those mistakes, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, for the next one, I'm going to, you know, change that and Absolutely. like make it better and turn Absolutely. it into something that, you know, you ultimately like are mm -hmm. really, really proud yeah, of. And if so you, yeah, I if think, you do that consistently, there's literally nothing that could stop you from getting to where you want to be. For sure. For sure. So what I really, really am super stoked to talk about is actually with like what we said, um, your new project where you're providing lessons to kids who want to DJ. Um, so tell us how you got that gig and like, I guess who you work for. How did that whole so thing happen? I, it's, uh, so it's not, it's not my project, but it is a music school that I work for. Um, I started working with them in October. Uh, it's called the Music okay. Factory in Costa Mesa. And uh, okay. teaching has been like life changing for me. Um, I think it, in a sense, it's all, it's, it's what I feel is ultimately going to get me to where I really want to be. 
um, just because yeah. it's been such a like an amazing experience too. It's made me such a better. I'm I'm way be- I'm a way better DJ than I was three months ago because I'm teaching. You know, I'm teaching and um, trying to create a curriculum um, to like, and then I'm repeating it and I'm doing it with different age groups. I have students that are 50. I have students in their 30s and their 20s. And I have students, my youngest student's eight. um, And then I have like, yeah, he's he's been getting, he's been getting really (laughs) good. And then, you know, like on my downtime, just when we were, when the school was open, um, you know, I was in there, like I've had an hour in between classes. I was just in there jamming and working on my own thing on my own sets and experimenting um but i i got into the music factory um from trevor sean from coast club um so again dj community just hooking each other up you know it's all so trevor sean um he you know coast club had their um him and ace are like I, I think what what Trevor wanted to do is like focus more on his uh, career and, and it was getting overwhelming for him because he was the only DJ teacher there um, at the school. And okay. he had, I think he had like 15 students. Um, mind you, you know, he's a, he's, they, they put out records. Like he's were constantly working on music. So I think it was getting a little overwhelming for him and the school was getting a lot of inquiries for DJs. So they brought me in um, to relieve Trevor a little bit. So I started taking, um, like Mondays and Fridays and, and then Trevor had some um, exciting opportunities come his way and he decided to step away from the school and I basically absorbed all his students. Um, so I kind of jumped oh, nice. into it okay. pretty quickly. Like I kind of like hit the ground running with it. Um, the really exciting thing about kids is like, cause they grow up with technology in their hands. Uh, they pick this right. shit up so quick. It's fucking madness. Like I, I'm like I'm expecting like hey don't don't be upset if you don't get this the first time and they're like like boom I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. all right okay cool cool yeah so this is supposed to be an hour class so if you just calm the fuck down yeah a little bit. so um, <laughs> but yeah and so Trevor brought me in I absorbed two and uh, Danny Thompson uh, who is uh, the owner he and he's got such a great team um, of talented musicians that really give a fuck about like. Um, teaching uh, real and like real instruments, like DJ, like I sometimes I'm in there. I'm like, dude, these are these like real musicians here. Um, but again, I am an artist, so I'm I'm good. I belong. It's still I, so yeah, I it's yeah. very so, creative. Um, yeah, for but sure. But it's cool because they we teach a guitar, a bass, ukulele, a piano, <clears throat> drums, and vocal and DJing and producing. Um, I was, oh, since wow. Trevor did leave, we did, we did need to bring another DJ instructor. So my, uh, my friend Trevor Shelby, who makes really dope, uh-huh. uh, really dope bass music and um, is, has a wide range of um, uh, production capabilities, really talented glassblower and super interesting guy. He lives really close to the school. Um, he's kind of more low key than most of like I, I I picked him because he's just he's not really um, gigging so much if that makes sense right? right so I felt like he yeah. could really he would really excel and he and Focus. he taught me um, I did some Ableton lessons with him as well so he's been a right. good, he's been a great addition to our team there and um, you know unfortunately we've had to really adapt to our new um, climate as far as like doing right. all of our lessons are obviously virtual. So we've been um, using zoom and different tools. Um, we've been meeting a lot and uh, 
trying to basically make sure that all the instructors have all the tools they have to make the classes super interactive. So um, the school is putting right. some money towards that. I'm sending, you know, I have like a bunch of gear here now. Um, they're going to be once all the key, the crazy thing is like if you're trying to stream, it, like if you need equipment for any of that shit, it's all sold out right now. Like webcams, cam links, all the like things you make you need to make your like streams and your um, or your you know, audio equipment, all that stuff is like sold out right now. So they're just waiting for that to come I back bet. in. But, um, you know, unfortunately we have lost quite a few students because, um, you know, there's nothing like, like one-on-one lessons, I feel. Right. Um, especially. Yeah. 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 More personal, um, you know, and, it, and it's different personal. for everyone. Um, so, and you know, we lost some students cause they, you know, they didn't really, um, well, some students just right off the bat, you know, they, a lot of people took, big you know obviously they're going through a lot of financial trouble so you know yes. um, the lessons the lessons uh the, the one-on-one lessons are pretty pricey we we now have um i'm actually in the process of developing a completely online uh dj course that will be part that will oh, okay. be offered in part with um if you took dj lessons with me um you would basically have access to that website. Um, and then we also offer like a lesser fee where you just get access to the website and you don't do the lessons with me, but you can also go through okay. the curriculum and basically okay. take a one-off the lesson with me if you get stuck somewhere. So we're really trying to like develop new innovative ways to like stay connected. And now this way I can do DJ lessons with someone with like friends in New York, or if anyone's like follows me or wants to do lessons and we can't be in Costa Mesa, now we have a way to do yeah. it and DJing, we DJ have an advantage because it's so technically connected. So I can run audio through different things and make it sure it sounds good. And you can see, you know, and then, um, because it is all digital, I, I feel like, you know, DJ the DJ lesson experience online is really valuable. So, um, yeah. And it's just been, it's just cool to teach. I never thought I would ever be teaching anything except for maybe coaching hockey, but um, I never imagined D, uh, teaching DJ lessons and it's been so rewarding and I've learned so much about like, I just learned, um, I've just been working on my techniques and it's been helping my own career. And I've been able to actually, if you think right. about it, like a business aspect too, I've been able to kind of, not take so many gigs right so now i can be choosier with my gigs and make sure that like i'm putting my full promotion efforts behind those gigs um and only you know take like bigger bigger shows so like in the beginning of 2020 was fucking awesome like shit was going well and then Co- and then kobe died yeah. and then coronavirus and then we're like what the fuck <laughs> so like yeah i had like i <laughs> i was lucky enough to play with dombreski at time that was huge um he was super supportive of the whole the whole way too which is rad um gene Fer- awesome. I play with gene ferris like twice um and uh and uh what was going with that yeah. the so i've been able with the school uh, the school allows me to do that so like not only am i getting like all the practicing that i want and teaching new techniques and learning and trying to like extend my you know that's why i've been learning scratching so i can teach people how to scratch so like right. <laughs> and it's also gonna so be it's almost like force not forcing you but like letting you kind of um explore yeah. other other like uh i guess techniques uh, yeah. techniques within the D- DJ yeah industry. absolutely like cool. always evolving. Yeah. like i feel i i've been lucky enough to be doing it this long um and i want to do it 
three times as long, you know, like want to do this for the next 20, 30 years, um, maybe 20 years, but, uh, <laughs> to do that, I feel like you always have to be evolving and like, like, who's, yeah, moving with yeah, the times and, um, yeah, it's trying to stay relevant. And I think a big part of that is going to be, you know, putting out records and putting out music. And that, those are the guys right. that get to, you know, Carl Cox of the world and Benny Benassi is like, because they make records always, they're always putting things out. So they're always going to be in some kind of spotlight or being able to play like, you know, right. be, be, be able to continuously do it for a living until you can't walk anymore. So. Yeah. And is that, I guess the um, path you're headed since, you know, you are, have started to produce more music. Is that something, I guess, one of your like newer projects that you're currently working on? Yeah. I've been on? working with different producers. Um, basically learning um actually taylor i probably learned more taylor jamming taylor jamming out uh shout out to taylor he is about to fucking blow up and um he's been grinding in the studio for like a couple years now and he's been since quarantine started we've been he's been doing he was the first one to like on this quarantine like to really break down ableton to me now like i understand the program and i'm starting to get like a workflow going um, yeah. so I'm hoping, you know, like I, I've been trying to take advantage of this time. Um, I, and, you know, and, and to be transparent again, like I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there for eight, 12 hours, you know, and that's not me. I, I have a girlfriend yeah. that I love to spend time with and my dogs. Like I have, there's other shit, like there's music can be More life. Yeah. Their music can be yeah. life, but there's, I think everything comes in balance and, um, I'm going to work, you know, out, definitely you got you have to put the hours in. There's no way around that. Um, right. but it's been really helpful to work with different producers and get different workflows and get different tips. And then, you know, again, going back to the collaborative part is like, once you like really show that you're trying to, to make records and put, and put out music and you're, you have your own ideas to kind of put out to present and then they can help you, um, you know, fine tune things that then people are really willing to help, help you get there. And, but you got to like put in the work yourself, you know, if I, yeah, you have to show the determination. Yeah, there's a time going back to like the struggles of the, like when you're, when I was struggling, almost, you know, really thinking about like, do I even really want to keep doing this was um, probably like yeah. two years ago. And cause you know, um, I didn't, I just didn't have a desire to, to like even learn how to produce. And I was like starting to hit, almost hit a wall with like the DJing, like people weren't really booking me as much. And I was like, fuck man. Like I really, you know, um, I really need to start producing, um, or I'm not, right. or it's not going to go anywhere. And, and I really believe that. Like, I know, I know what I have to do to get to the next level. And luckily, um, once I get, cause people have been, you know, they, everybody like the package is all there. Wet Hand Dan is, I feel like is a cool brand that I'm super proud of. And, and that, you know, it's me. It's not like a persona. Like I am wet hand in. Like I'm always the same. Like, right. I'm, if you see me up there, like I have a huge smile on my face because I fucking love what I do. And I love doing that. Sh- and I love that doing that shit more than anything. And, um, so, um, so like to be able to do it for life, I have to put out my own music and that's what I'm trying to do. But yeah. I also am respect. I, it took me a long time to learn. And this is something I like to share with other DJs and producers if you really want to make it it's like you have to respect your own journey 
like my journey is not the same as um you know you can get caught up in instagram you start seeing people that you played with or like people that you met along the way and they're blown up and or getting opportunities and you're like fuck man that should be me and like you can't think that way like yeah. your own journey because you'll it'll eat you alive and you'll fucking you 100%. want last and you won't want to do this but if you can 100%. if you can find joy in every single opportunity that you get and then learn as much as you can from people that are there that are doing it and you put your ego aside and just really like concentrate on what where you, you want and you and concentrate you yeah. and and not all this outside shit so like that is right. something that I will always be working on until you hear my record. So <laughs> until yeah, you hear like, no, well, yeah, and I'm not going to put out any, I'm not going to, and that's the other thing you have to kind of like, the advantage, the nice thing is that I know once I put out something that is, that people like and that I love, um, I know that it can be put in the right hands. And from there, it's like, you know, it's just about continuously working and putting out records. So I know that's the path that yeah. I need to go for sure and you know what it's so um like i guess something that is a little bit calming to uh, all these other djs and producers is that there's big time names that do struggle with that with like comparing themselves to what other people are doing and what they're accomplishing Mm -hmm. and um another quote that i heard from a podcast is um and i love it so much is uh comparison is the thief of all happiness yes i've, I've heard that, that before is... and that's so fucking true exactly it's so true because if you're comparing yourself to you know other people and what they're achieving that's not you so it doesn't really matter yeah, it doesn't. you know it's again like what you are doing and so i'm glad that you already are aware of that and can kind of catch yourself whenever you do because I'm sure there's times you know when you do see someone else but I'm glad that you have that awareness of like okay like that's super cool but I'm focused on my right exactly because there is and Hannah knows because you know um, that's one thing about having a great partner in your life is that you can be vulnerable and just be like why do I feel this way and you yeah. like I and I went through that two years ago because um, I was just like oh like what the fuck am I even doing like this is so like intangible like this is such a big like like uh, it's not I can't I don't see it like I was just getting really discouraged and yeah. and then you start to like one thing you have to look at what you achieve because a lot of times too like you know like in reality i guess you know opening up for these big names maybe to some people isn't shit but to me it's something i'm super proud of like i've got to share the stage with so many fucking talented people that i buy their music i go to their shows like we love like true fans of the scene and to like share stages with these people and experience is something like i am proud that i accomplished i mean i did i wasn't proud of that before like it was just nothing it wasn't i wasn't there like to me i wasn't there yet like making it you know making it or being getting there like that's all bullshit you have to be proud of like what you've done and then you have to also be um you have to be uh my god uh intention intentional you have to be intentional with where you want to go so yeah um yeah that's that's been like that's been like such a reality check uh but it's cool because instead of wasting your energy of being like fuck man why am i not you know you also have yourself to blame for not being there but also you you have then you expend the energy on being fucking soaked for your friend 
you know, like you're, yeah, like you're, now you're like, and now that, and then that energy ends up instead of like getting mad and like, I'm not there yet. I got to like do this to, to get there. You actually you are stoked for your friend. And then you're like pumping yourself up in the process. Exactly. And it's, it's way what drives more, you basically. yeah, it's, and it's way, it's just way more productive that way. And it's just healthier. And then, yeah, and it just kind of continues to grow your love for what you do as far as being a DJ and producer. Yeah, I super duper agree. So, um, I do want us. I do want you to share, like, maybe any artists that you are currently listening to right now that maybe are kind of, you know, getting the edge off since we're kind of cooped up. Um, <laughs> do you have any artists that you want to share with us? Um, so it's funny because um, funny today. I like woke up today kind of late um like around 11 mm-hmm. not mad at that <laughs> but i woke up and like brushed my teeth and started djing um up until i texted you that i need to walk my dogs <laughs> we were gonna start yeah <laughs> I, but i started with, like future bass like old hood boy falcons uh trippy turtle stuff like future r&b okay. future r&b and then i went into um like i went into like lenny kravitz and like all this like uh, and like Beatles shit. I just went super obscure today and then went yeah. into a bunch of Latin music. It was like real. I like even to be, and then to be, this is embarrassing, but I got pretty emotional. Like it was just, I love doing this shit and I, re- I really love yeah. doing this and I miss it so fucking much. And it's like, there's, I know a lot of people struggling around the world and we're, we're so good right now. Like I'm sitting in an air conditioned room right now. Like, yeah. with my with fudge on the floor my dog and smoking <laughs> weed and like everything's good you know but i really miss yeah. djing like i miss it so much yeah. like, and i didn't re- and i kind of like let loose today um so i i don't know like thought i play like some thundercat shit like if you don't know if you don't listen to thundercat, oh, thundercat. Like, you gotta get, um, but anderson pack is if you don't fucking if you don't know who he is or you don't listen to his records he is the most talented motherfucker on the planet right now. He is the GOAT. How fun was that festival? Four by we far, went to? yes. How Shout lucky out to did we Jaso, get? Ryan Jaso. Um and the super evil it was super super evil corp. Super super evil genius corp. Say that twenty times fast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, shit. Speaking of Jaso, like he's um he's been super influential throughout my career as well. Um, he, what he's done with, uh, what he had done with Avalon, um, and creating that whole culture in LA for like dance, like for house and bass music could live. And he's, um, I'm sure that he will be, he's always been someone that is like, um, pushed me along in my career, um, when I've come correct with something for him, you know, cause he doesn't waste his time with, <laughs> with shit that's not worth his time. So I know whenever right. I know like he's. You know, he's one of those people that just has kind of a hand in everything that is cool, and is such yeah. a like genuine good person. And um, that's the that's like who, if you want to strive to be like people in this industry, like be like those people, not like the the party fucking idiots that have, like I don't know that don't you know. There's a professionalism to all this. Like it's all fun and we're partying, but you know when you carry yourself, um, it goes a long way. And um, I learned a lot of that from Jason, just watching his career. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, shout out to him. But oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but more like artists like uh as far as house music, like John Summit is fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. Uh Vanessa, Miss Vanessa is fucking putting out cool records. She just had this I've uh, been playing this song uh Run Me My Money uh out okay. on Club Sweat. 
I go by that record. It's fucking brilliant. It's, a, it's part of their compilation, but it's brilliant. It's, it's like, and it's a solo release for her. So she's like super stoked on it. And um, yeah. I like, she's my friend, but I fucking love her music. So go peep her. Um, John Summit again, uh, he's been putting out stuff on like Repopulate Mars and then Lee Foss's other label. Um, oh, yeah. John Summit is like, and he's super, he's like super young. He's like young and funny and like, and makes fucking rad tunes. Um, cool. So I've I'll been have to digging check him, him. out because I don't know who he is. Um, but I've also been really digging into like deeper house vibes, um, like Lee Burridge, All Day a Dream kind of stuff, um, which I will be doing some. I did some of that at the end of my last live set on Twitch, uh, but I'll be doing okay. more of those mixes um, just because we've been, Han and I have been getting, Han has been on this like insane spiritual path and like I've been, you know, a little tubber behind her like following uh, her spiritual path <laughs> and yeah. like literally like learning and that music like i think she it was really this one really cool day where she was like doing yoga and i was playing like fucking bernie man type shit <laughs> just like getting yeah. super deep in here we had like like sage we were like lighting sage and shit and i was wearing a poncho but it was all like that music right now has been the vibe just especially with the time that it's just it's almost healing um, so, like, yeah. check out anything from I All Day I Dream um, from their label. Uh, San, also, like, Sand as a Sand puts out really dope Deep House. Like, when we're talking about Deep House, not, like, Disclosure, who also... Disclosure's new shit is fucking phenomenal. Dude, but Disco they, S. Di- Disclosure <laughs> is such it. an important um, part of my and Hannah's relationship. Like, we have, like, this love wall, and the center of the love wall is the Disclosure Settle al- album. Uh because Latch, um, it's such a crazy, like, our love story is insane. Um, but Disclosure, we actually got to see Disclosure at Lightning a Bottle last year. And we were just, yeah. we were, like, bawling our eyes out and just, like, holding each Aww. other. It was very mushy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Disclosure, like, they're, um, they're such an important part of my um, musical influence. And uh, so, like, that, that like, so, that... I guess that's like more, I don't know, I even know what to call that, but the deep house I'm talking about is like 10 minute song, like 10 minute songs, like fucking, oh, like, okay. uh-huh. like kind of like yeah. deserty kind of vibes, but um, like Lee right. Burridge and Sebastian Leger, is it Sebastian Leger or Leger? I don't know, but Sebastian, okay. but All Day I Dream, Leger. like those guys are fucking killing it. Um, yeah, but that's I've been. Uh, but the one artist that I've been uh, super obsessed with and embarrassed about is Lubelski. Um, he put out his. He put out a full album right before quarantine. Put out a full album um, that they did on their own record label, uh, Perconomics, I believe it's. I think that's what it's called. Uh, but okay. his production is just. It's just a great mix of like, um, really translucent, translucent like fucking crazy weird acidy sounds and okay. straight up party music like he has a really good balance of like this like desert heart psych type vibe mixed with yeah. like club music and it's destroying he just put out um he just put out a record or an ep on um one of my favorite artists uh, melee's label club bad um okay. he put out an amazing ep I actually played I played the A side and the B side on my last set because I just am obsessed with his production right now. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's, he's probably my favorite producer right now for sure. Right now. 
Cool. Um, well, um, that's actually one thing that I did want to thank you about is um, the sets that the live sets that mm -hmm. you have been doing, because I feel like um, I feel like that just kind of helps keep that music alive. Mm -hmm. So thank you for keeping us sane with those. Um, and before I let you go, I actually wanted to ask um, when your next live set is so that, you know, we have something to look forward to. Um, I'm actually thinking going live tomorrow. I'm probably going to announce it okay. tonight. I wanted, like, I had fun doing, um, but tomorrow I think I'm going to go completely open format, like crazy open format. It might, there might be some huge mixing mistakes in there, but nobody will notice. But, uh, nope. <laughs> but it's, I think I'm going to go super open format tomorrow. I've been wanting to play, like, there's a bunch of new hip hop that's out. Um, that's one thing with me. I just get so, like, if I start, if I play too many house, if I play too much house music, then I'm like, oh, I need some hip hop. And like, I'm always, yeah. I, but that's something I've learned to really appreciate. And, and um, that's something I don't ever want to give up. Like, you know, when you become a producer, um, you kind of have to like, you know, you create your own sound and people expect a sound from you. I'm hoping to, my goal is to like, not get stuck. In, I like, I want to make like, I obviously want to make amazing house records, but, right. but I would love to make hip hop records and, and explore like all my musical influences and not, and be able to like play hip hop shows and play house shows. And that's something that I've achieved now. Um, and right. so it's something I hope to achieve on a bigger scale. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for sure. so I'll be doing, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash wet hand Dan. Um, okay. That, and I also, I usually, well, I save all my live sets, so I, I'll be posting. Um, if you ever if you ever miss the live sets, they'll be posted on YouTube, on my YouTube nice. channel. So if you can, if you, uh, I love that. Yeah. So if you have a chance, go to YouTube and subscribe to Wet Hand Dan, and you'll get like uh, basically an archive of whatever live sets I have um, that I'll be recording. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to um, to be doing at least one live set a week on Twitch. Um, I'm hoping that we can get like a regular schedule down. I'm also yeah. working on a project. Uh, I got the opportunity to play with uh, Sound Dunes, who's they, I did their Twitch event, um, which they're doing like an international one today, which is pretty dope. Um, so if yeah. you get a chance to check out Twitch. the club? Uh, so I'm sorry, uh, Sound Dunes. Oh, sound dunes. Sound yeah, dunes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you their... did last week. Yes, right. right. So did, um, they're doing like an international of like kind of virtual festival today. So if you get a chance to uh, tune in on that, uh, that's twitch.tv slash sound dunes. But um, they did a cool event and it got me thinking. I was kind of talking with Eli. So I'm probably going to um, collab with him. But we, I would like to actually basically host um, a Sunday day party every Sunday um, with different DJs. Uh, you'll You'll, I've already reached out to Brandon Rolera, BB Guns. Um, he's yeah. been, if you guys haven't been following him on Twitch, he goes by Dude. City. His, his, he's been putting together. <laughs> I can't with him. <laughs> he's been putting together some nutty sets that are so fucking vibey and just fun. And his, his range is just ridiculous. So it, it is. Um, he'll be on there. Um, I also shout out to my buddy, Jay Roberts um, out of uh, um, Highland Park. Uh, he will be on the, he'll be on that as well. Um, we're going to, I haven't decided on the name yet. And we're going okay. either going with uh, damp plamp. I don't know if you heard plamp, what plamp is yet. Have you seen no, that? Not yet. So plamping, I, I had to text Vanessa and get like, the, and whenever I have like, 
pop new pop culture bullshit that I need to know about, like Twitter stuff. Yeah. I text Vanessa. And so I guess pl- she'll know. She'll know. <laughs> um, plamping, I guess plamp is like, is uh plants so house plants lamps like lava lamps and uh-huh. no pants so uh that's basically because i guess like when people when dj started streaming like they all everyone has like house plants and some kind of lamp oh. some kind of lamp <laughs> yeah. and then uh, like no pants that's so, so true. we might call so i was thinking of going with damp plant sundays or um i'm i I do have a party series that I was doing with um, that I had started in January called Gooey Grooves, which um, I my vision for that has been um, we've basically been playing it's house music, but we've been playing more uh, just like deeper, longer, groovier stuff as opposed okay. to like all the hard hitting tech house. So that yeah. um, so I might actually continue Gooey Grooves uh, virtually, but we're definitely going to do like a, I want to showcase different DJs on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to have Brandon Rolera and uh, my buddy Jay Roberts, um, who are both really talented. Uh, just they're probably the, the two guys that had the most range that I know. Um, yeah. But I w- That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. Um, we're going to uh, hopefully launch that next Sunday. So week, f- uh, we're going to be launching that on the 17th. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm like looking at my fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, we'll look out for that. That would be on Twitch uh, TV or sorry, Twitch dot com slash TV. No, no, Twitch TV slash Wet Hand Dan. Uh, I will have yeah, we'll have that, and then uh, we'll do. I, I know Eli and uh, Magda are going to be definitely involved with that too. So I, I just want to yeah. block. It's going to be like a hopefully like a four to five hour block. That starts at like noon and goes into yeah. sunset, and we can just kind of everybody have a good time and connect. Twitch has been such a rad um, experience because the, yeah, the Twitch such community a good p- platform, yeah, because the Twitch community is like based from video games, and you know right. most most gamers are not like the most social p- people, and um, I think Twitch has done a great job of like protecting users from like bullying, and, and it's become such a like part of the culture to be just only positive on there. You'll get right. your trolls here and there especially for the bigger streams. Like I know Vanessa is doing some streams and we were all in the zoom. We're like, Hey, did you guys see this fucking troll? He's talking shit. And they're all in there. Like, but for the most part, like they, they police it pretty well. And it's been, and then at the same time, like most people, you know, most people appreciate what these DJs are doing. And, um, you know, the live, not everybody is lucky enough to have equipment at their home and, or have the cameras or the, the setup to do things. You know, my, my setup, I had one my, fucking beauty of a friend josh cameron come over here and bring me like an super expensive um laser projector and a bunch of like cool stage lights and the room looks insane like my life sets like look pretty cool um and so it's just about where i'm going to be adding to all that stuff but i just wanted to be able to showcase djs on a on a sunday and and not really be too um i also want like i don't want people just go on there to play like one genre i want people to show how versatile they are and and kind of just take take people on the journey that you want to take them so i'm super excited for that project it's gonna be cool yeah me too me too it'll be like brunch sundays but at home i'm gonna have to like get my own mimosas yeah hell yeah we'll we'll have to (laughs) i have to order we'll have to order takeout that day for sure yeah mm. cool 
Well, Dan, thank you so much for doing this. I super appreciate it. It was such a pleasure talking with you and learning more about your personal history. And I hope you continue to do what you're doing because you're doing an awesome job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, take That's... care. And I can't wait to see you guys yeah. all. No, thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on this project. I am a fan. I love it so much. And uh, I'm just happy to like be a part of it. And and share my Thank story you. and I can't wait for us to get all together and under the disco ball and blowing our ears out and paying way too much for drinks. Yeah. No, I'm down with it. I'm down <laughs> with it. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right, take care. Bye-bye.